Hello and welcome to the Week in Review. I'm SD Wicketts. Mr. Curzon is not here today. It's his anniversary with his beloved. So um, we've uh, given him the, the day off graciously. Uh, I'm joined by the returning Luke Perry. Luke, how are you, sir? Good to have you back. Yes, sir. I'm Braille. It is good to be, uh, to be back as well, not uh, being stuck in an office anymore on Fridays due to, you know, saying the wrong joke here and there. It's, it's, it's a good feeling. Good feeling. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm not sure to what to what extent you want to divulge that side of it, but um, yeah, you you were recently let go from a job for a, a, a slip of the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, I say slip of the tongue, more like a, 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 a you weren't you weren't willing to bite it anymore. I think is 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 a, is a better way of saying it. But um, we we celebrated your newfound freedom uh, yesterday by going on a, a little gallivant throughout our nation's capital. Um, mm. We mostly just ended up drinking uh, beer, 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 coffee, and then beer. Um, yeah. Had a nice burger. Um, but the topic of our conversation, uh, more often than not, would drift back to the same theme, which is what we're going to discuss today, which is... Um, the uh, the health impacts of uh, modern life, because um, we, we were discussing at a great length yesterday. Um, what is the black pill to rule them all? Um, and, and we we can get into each of them, but um, I suppose we should start off with something that I uh, put on Twitter this morning. Uh, bear in mind we we recorded this on Friday afternoon, so um, it's a day behind. But um, I, I I found a picture of the uh, London skyline, including picture of St Paul surrounded by the uh, sort of the urban sprawl and it, it struck me as very disheartening how gradually St Paul's which at one point was the tallest building in London and I think I believe at one point there were laws that no building could be taller is now so dwarfed and throttled by these you know sort of internationalist messes that now uh, dominate the capital so let, let, let's start on that which is you know the um the, the sort of the, the the mental emotional spiritual and also health impact of sort of urban ugliness as it surrounds us well uh, it's, it's actually absolutely damaging to human health despite uh, no one in any position of a prominence besides maybe the, the late Roger Scruton to an extent Peter Hitchens have really sort of sort of touched upon it now me and you were lucky yesterday because you we were, we were gallivanting around sort of Euston and then crossed over into Westminster. The, the building gradually got nicer, of course, but that's just, that's it. But no new nice buildings are being created. And as you said, I, I did see your picture you put on Twitter earlier. I say the the, um, the skyscrapers and the metal and the plastic are, are just dominating the landscape now. There'd be, there'd be no more buildings like St Paul's Cathedral, ever. no more like Buckingham Palace. They'd all be in the shape of the material of the gherkin and What's the, the hanging towers one called? And um, I think the one you could go up, one of the tallest in the capital. Oh, Anyways, no, there's no. a shard as well, which is yeah. just equally as monstrous. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, it's just not worth thinking about. Mm. But I, I remember going on a, a, a trip done with some friends, I think, five, six years ago. And uh, we uh, did a, a, pretty much a grand tour. We went to um, what was the street where the Great Fire of London started? And there's this monument you can climb up. Oh shit! Yeah, it's this very. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I know the. It's, area. it's like this spire, and it's this rickety, mm. circular staircase, and you can ascend to the top, and just look over the top. It's this nice, 
London skyline. But yeah, you can see all, all these, you know, Godzilla type monsters just dotted around the place. And I went to Alexandra Palace as well in, in uh, December. And, uh, the London skyline again is just dotted with um, mm. these sort of unnatural skyscrapers. There's no beauty in there at all. It's all built for people. It's all built for, for corporates, isn't it? It's to stuff as many people into the corporate hellscape as possible. And so, of course, well, it was never meant to uh, be um, conjoined with the human zone. It was never meant to, you know, nourish the nature of man. It's just, you know, utilitarian. And uh, it was part of the politics born out of the Second World War where um, people some particularly Marxist philosophers thought, oh no, nice buildings meet equals fascism. And uh, that's where you get, you know, the sway of modernity. And I think if we're going very esoteric about this, it's to do with the uh, Nietzsche's sick versus the healthy as well. Given that they cannot achieve the grand feats of the past, they must build, you know, um, what, what's that awful, you know, you know, there's an ice cream with a fly on it somewhere in Trafalgar, I think. I swear. Yeah. 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 So that, that, that's what, um, that, all modernity can really muster up. It's just mocking the great feats of the past, and it's it should be a crime against humanity. And I'm sure you'll agree with me, Wicket. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you said you know they won't build uh, St Paul's or or Buckingham Palace again. Um, they can't really because the skill set just isn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there 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 are there are very few um, active stonemasons left. Uh, I, I was talking about this with 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 uh, Curzon last time we were in London, where. We all passed this. Um, to, to, to its credit, it, it was a new build that had attempted to emulate um, a sort of uh, neo-Palladian type style, but there were, there were, the stone was completely bare, so it gave it a, a kind of oddly like uncanny valley type uh, feeling because the um, the skilled labour just isn't there to have the stone etchings anymore. You know, it used to have nice like lions and angels and cherubs, you know, marked mm-hmm. into the walls um, through very high skilled labour, which very often was um, an intergenerational uh, career. You know, fathers passed down to sons and then you know, they would train their sons from birth to do that thing. That skill just isn't there anymore. Um, so the, the, those buildings just, just wouldn't be made again. Um, right. Anyway, yeah, and, and all we're left with is this sort of empty um, mockery of, of, of you know, the, the aesthetic tradition. And it's something that I was talking about with um, Edward Slingsby, who's an architect. Um, he was on OCP a few weeks back. And um, a, 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 big, a big part of it is that architects just don't really seem to care about the, city, the cities that they work in. You know, they're not thinking about the people or the cityscape or the urban environment. They're thinking about themselves. You know, their mission is to get onto the front cover of a magazine and get there you know, and get that that dopamine hit that you know that adulation that comes with you know um shock and awe you know yeah so so, so i mean once recently where i showed a picture of this awful monhat art house honestly just um sort of a concrete slab that was jutting out at the roof. So it, it looked like what a four-year-old would build in Minecraft and that sort of thing. And I, I think one of the worst buildings I've ever seen is the um, University of Birmingham Library, not University of Birmingham Library, uh, Birmingham Library itself. Yeah. Birmingham Library is just as bad. And uh, but anyway, so you could picture one of those buildings that are built by uh, what the modern world would describe as the greatest minds of the century. 
And uh, you just go back uh, just a few hundred years to literally any other civilization, and you see these grand feats of work. I mean, the ancient world, you've got all the ancient wonders, you heard the colossal of Rhodes, even the great pyramids of Giza as well. And th these were built by people who couldn't read. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what on earth has happened to human intelligence? Yeah, there's a really good um, page on Twitter called uh, Architects Against Humanity. And it just displays the gulf between, you know, what we inherited and what we bequeathed. Um, and yeah, there's the, 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 the meme format is, you know, uh, built by PhDs, built by illiterates. And, yeah. and, and the latter is so much nicer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and also, also, you know, it, 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 uh, it just, it, it just happens that, you know, London being a, you know, a financial center is, you know, a Davos city, right? It's a, it's the, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a playground for the jet set. Um, and so it, it kind of, in a dark way, it kind of stands to reason that it would be kind of, um, devoid of any base of any, you know, national base, or any, any national idiosyncrasy, because the inhabitant of the Davos city is someone who is, you know, they feel just, just as, as at home in, um, Shanghai as, as they do in New York, as they do in Berlin and CERN in London. Hmm. Oh yeah, I was getting to the point of the the anywheres versus somewheres. The uh, of course the somewheres of the past, you know, those grand illiterates who made these uh, made the colossus of roads. They were probably living within the same square mile their entire life, perhaps. Hmm. And uh, of course, they say the Davos is it's, it's not just as I say the elite. It's just anyone who moves to London. Of course, London is um it's just it's mainly a city of people who did not grow up there who were not born there yeah and as, as soon as times will go bad they will flee when we saw that after brexit you know there was, there was a downturn it was hot it eastern european migrants thought it would, it would get harder to become visas and work there and send money home so, so they left yeah. and that that's what the global city has become and the global city of course is all over the world people have no connection to it besides financial gain and when that dries up or dictator comes in they flee hmm. And the home counties has become this sort of um, this sort of fleeing spot for like the London diaspora. Um, like a lot of people who grew up in London who now just simply can't afford to live there anymore um, live live in in my area. I'm I'm sure your your area too. Yeah, in my area is uh, there is a strange one. It's a commuter belt that uh, serves both London and Cambridge. So I mean we'll get onto unaffordable house prices at the moment. But yeah, as I say. Um, Cambridge, although a city impossible to get to, does have one of the nicest architectures I've ever seen from a city. I mean, granted, I haven't travelled much, but yeah, it, it, it's still swarmed by these beautiful buildings, and it's got the most churches, I, I think, of a city per capita. And uh, yeah, that is a generally nice city to walk around. You get to the Grand Arcade and it drops off a cliff, mind you, but so that that still has the aesthetics. Yeah. But as I say, I think it will share London's future when it becomes a sort of a greater financial hub and the London sort of diet, well, and the green belt sort of degrades and the EM25 and sort of advances into the green belt. And of course, there are houses being built all over my area now over these vast swathes of Greenland. I think Cambridge, uh, as it's in the proximity of that, will um, become just a greater place for headquarters hmm. and offices. And yeah, I, 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 I have no doubt that at some point in the future, the whole southeast will become like London. Will become London, you know. Like where I live now will be like Zone Twenty Five of London at some point. Yeah, you know.
I mean, well, where, where I live, I mean, this is more a criticism of transport in the country, but like London is just the easiest place to get to, despite it being further than a lot of places. I mean, it, it, talking about train lines, all trains lead to London. No trains lead across county to Cambridge. If I was to get to Cambridge, I'd have to go down to London and back up again. I yeah, yeah. Like, um, if, if I have to get to different parts of Essex, I have to go into London and then back out again. Yeah. I mean, the only place I could get to are really... Uh, Sort of Sandy Biggles Wade hitching, Letchworth if it's on the right track, and it, and Stevenage. But who and who the hell would want to go there? But yeah. that's that's it. That's my uh, that's my day travel limited really. And of mm. course, if you're going elsewhere, I have to go up to Peterborough. And as you're getting another um, train, the costs just go up tenfold. So you know the SCB conferences in Manchester. Getting there by train, I sort of have two highly expensive options. As we're talking a hundred quid one way ticket. Go up to Peterborough, go up to York, across to Manchester, or go down to London, across to Birmingham, then up to Manchester. So there's so there's no connectivity. But again, go back going back to architecture, and um, yeah, it's just all doomed, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so no cities, ha- none of the cities have a desirable aesthetics anymore. Yeah, I think so. Because what we're doing today is essentially zeroing in on 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 the two um spike proteins of of modernity one it's ugly and two it is slowly killing you which brings us along nicely to um your uh catastrophic black pill of a day which yeah this um, is when we were walking through london trying to find another pub with outdoor seating and uh i I asked my dear friend i say wicked what's the uh What's the biggest black pool for all of them all? You answer with architecture, which I think we have covered in depth. And I said, no, it's microplastics. Now I just want just I just want to read some uh, some news headlines here uh, from the Guardian. Microplastics revealed in the placentas of unborn babies. But two more articles from the National Geographic. Microplastics found near Everest's peak, highest ever detected in the world. Microplastic permeates Mariana Trench and other deep sea points. So we have basically the top of the world and the bottom of the world with um, plastic. Uh, then we have the, the human cause, well, the human impact. So microplastics are in the air we breathe and in our atmosphere and they affect climate. Microplastics found in human blood for the first time. Microplastics found in the deepest parts of the lungs. Now, as I said to you yesterday, this is the part of the lungs where not even your tobacco can reach. So, mm. <laughs> so yeah, every time you sit in a plastic water bottle, you're probably doing more damage. And uh, of course, I think what I showed you yesterday, microplastics are raining down from the sky. Now, rather than just clogging up a whale's artery that clogs up our own, and uh, it's making us infertile. Now, there's a, a doctor... Shanna Swan, who's a, a reproductive biologist, she recently she's recently published a book called Countdown, which is about the decline of uh, male and female fertility in the Western world. And I mean, if you look at any graph, graph just so sort of sperm counts are dropping off a cliff. And um, she puts plastics to a larger part of this, and sort of there's no sort of redemption for us as the body does not know how to break down these chemicals. Of course, it doesn't. I mean, 198,000 years of human evolution and never encountered plastic ones so that the body didn't think it ever 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 exist and it wouldn't be a problem that's the thing that's the stunning thing is how like how quickly it's happened because plastic is what, just over a century old it's about 110 15 years old uh, i think in 1907 it was discovered or invented um and in that time it's it's 
literally, as you said, it's in the human body. It's in the it's in unborn humans. It's in the highest point on earth. It's in the lowest point on earth. It's just it's it's utterly terrifying, really. Yeah. yeah. And also, th think in the last two years. I mean, you know, how 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 much of that getting into your lungs is to do? You know, people wearing people people wearing and being required to wear face coverings, which contain microplastics. Another big story of that was, um, of course, that was all winding up in the ocean as well, replacing our usual Tesco's carrier bags. But um, yeah, they've been li literally sort of swallowing it in. I mean, I, I used to have to wear a mask at work when I was when I was in the, the, the fast food hellscape. And uh, so that was me wearing a mask for eight and a half hours a day, five days a week, for months and months on end. So, but and again, I think that the damage has been done already before that. I mean, even in the clothes we wear, much of it's made from um, prosthetic materials, not you know true cotton or wool. So that's how you're ingesting plastic as well, inadvertently. And as I say, it's it's as I say, it's in more than, than just locations. I mean, as I say, even even in the air we breathe. Even on the laptops we're currently staring at, it's been made from plastic. Mm. And yeah, even though we were talking yesterday as well, um, should we uh, succeed with our little coup d'etat on the enemy? And how are we going to live in the world where this irreversible damage has taken place? What are we going to do about it? So we can't fish it out of our organs. We're going to have to live with it. And it's detrimental impacts of which we do not know the full extent of. Mm. Yeah, I mean that—that's that's kind of it, isn't it? That, that's what we were discussing, is you know, because um, I think we we both do believe that there will be a collapse event, probably in our lifetimes. Uh, the question then just becomes, you know, by that point, how much irreversible damage is done, um, which you know still remains to be seen. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm not optimistic about that. Um, but yeah, just the fact that it's it's in like babies are being born with it. That's the that's the really like horrifying part yeah i mean we already considered for a long time we were becoming a people of a sort of metal and plastic to begin with becoming so fake and normal i mean there's the um in doctor who that the cybermen were originally uh became they originally weren't human of course and they became machines just to prolong their life and secure their sort of mortal existence and uh, it's uh, the biggest comparison i think to make with the modern world is a. Uh, the David Tennant episode, The Rise of the Cybermen, and that's where they've got all the earpieces in. That's where they've been fed information that how they can become controlled. I don't think the AirPods of today, also made for, from part plastic, are really any different about that. And we're just becoming, you know, the people that are, we don't have our, well, we're not fully human anymore. Yeah. Plastic I, lodged in the arteries. What can yeah. we call ourselves now? Yeah, I, I, I stopped using wireless earphones because uh, Kranis told me that they, that they were going to give me a brain tumour. <laughs> so, so if you cut that out. But I mean, yeah, okay, so you, you mentioned something that's quite interesting is, is sort of the, um, the, the the demise of man as being a biological or organism. Um, one thing also I, I've seen uh, in, in, the, in the sort of fringe discourse lately, which basically essentially means that it'll be in the mainstream discourse in about a year or so, is this push for um, the artificial womb, um, which, you know, to anyone who's, who thinks seriously about, about things will, will know, will, would be probably the death of humanity as, you know, as we know it. Mm. Oh, yeah. But the thing, thing is, as well, with the, uh, the masses sort of yearn for this, it, well, they only to become less human if it makes their lives more convenient and pleasurable, in the loosest sense of the word. And I mean, we were done a 
a year ago, we were talking about Elon Musk's dream of putting a microchip in our brain so humans can talk to each other uh, as if we're in Blade Runner or something. And, uh, you know, everyone's going to love it. Oh, I can you know, speak to my friend from the other side of the world without even moving my lips. How, how great would that be? And then really, of course, it's, it's much more dark and sinister than that. Well, it's the same same people who, you know, who tolerate being spied on by Amazon because Alexa can order them apples, you know, yeah. on, on a moment's notice. Yeah, no, no, my, my parents have an Alexa. I always call it wiretap. It's just, I mean, I mean if, if someone's murdered in the house and there's an Alexa in it, the police ask to view the Alexa tapes. It's, it, it, it's like Nixon being caught with, with all the White House tapes. Nixon saying, oh, no, I, I, I've deleted them or they're not here. That's... <laughs> that's the Alexa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it's shocking the the rate at which people will literally hand over everything um, for the sake of for the sake of convenience. And that's it. You know, that's why you know, you know, if you if you ask us, you know, how did the oligarchs get so powerful? Because we made them so powerful. We we, we surrendered everything because they offered us convenience. Mm. Yeah, you know, and and you know, and 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 that will be. Yeah, you know, they say you know, say the the. The road to hell is paved with a good, with a good intent, but no, it's, it's paved with convenience and an easy yeah. life and, a, and a, a life that is consequence free of your actions. Yeah. Um, the road to hell is paved with both um, bribes and pride, as I call it, because well, going on pride, you'd think that you're above consequences that you're, you're too powerful and intelligent to see through what exactly is happening or naivety and the fact that oh no this this won't happen you know which is how every dictatorships do eventually happen and then of course it, it's bribes of course this is why you are by the, the phrase sell your soul to the devil is a thing mm. because people yearn for something the devil can give it to them but of course the, there's always a price at the end mm. and, yeah, play dumb games, win dumb prizes. Yeah, that's, that's that, that. They've been the the, the internet's formula. Mm. But I think on that past the the Blackpool to rule them all and architecture, we can go into something that is a uh, more more solvable, I would think. But you know, as a man in my early twenties, equally as depressing, is house prices. Mm. Now, as I said, the commute belt between London and Cambridge, you are lucky. If you are getting away with a thirty grand, even a thirty grand deposit for somewhere decent, you know that that's not a shed with an open roof. And I don't know what it's like in Southend. My guess is pretty grim as well. And of course, you can't build into the sea. Yeah, it's getting it's getting worse. Um, it's, it wasn't that, it wasn't that bad until a couple of years ago. Um, but now now there's a lot of the, lot of demand because you know with with work from home, a lot of um, sort of pod men are kind of. Uh, seizing the chance to get a little bit more land you know, to, to to get a garden at least um so you know we're having the same problem that you know the Cotswolds is facing where uh Londoners move in they're so uh used to paying you know stupid money for places to live so the price goes up because you know mm-hmm. I mean because yeah I mean ultimately it's human nature landlords aren't going to turn down a bigger payday um you know um so like yeah so luckily where i live is 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 manageable for the moment but if i ever had to go back into the market i'm not sure if i'd be able to afford it mm. yeah as i say my um here unless you've got a you know a band of magnificent seven you you, you really can't afford your own place here not barely even to rent as well you'd be scraping by and i think 
the, the average pay here, let's say for a young person, is still the national average of about you know, 22, 23. So you, you'd be spending at least 60 to 70% of your wage just to just get a roof over your head, and which at the end of the month is not in any way, shape or form getting closer to your own personal ownership. And it's the thing, thing as well with mortgages of, yes, you may have the deposit amount. I think I'll have a good enough deposit within four or five years or three, four years. But um, again, the bank won't give you money unless the um, you're earning potential, your wage mm. times four or five to make it up for the price of the house. That is never happening to 90% of the people where I live, ever. Mm. And for all the talk of moving up north, well, there's a reason why house prices are cheaper there. There's less well-paying jobs. Mm. sort of makes up for it yeah that's what i was thinking when i, when I was down in cornwall um because uh, i was down there and it, it's it's where my um my my family come from and i was thinking oh, i'd love to live down here um but then obviously you know um the opportunities just aren't, aren't there you know um yeah. for uh, you know it's 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 it's, it's a product of, of either uh, malice or just mismanagement but the southeast just is where the jobs are um, yeah, you know, you've got some stuff in Manchester and Liverpool and what have you, but they're facing the same problem. Yeah. You know, if you want to, if you want to go live in, you know, some nice plush part of the country where you know the rent isn't isn't or the house prices aren't you know extortionate, um, you better have your own revenue revenue source and a lot yeah. of it. You know, um, you know, you can't just up sticks and move. Um, and, you know, I, I think this has been done, you know, I, I'm not sure to what extent it's happening in the UK, but I know in America, you've got companies like, companies like BlackRock who are just you know, buying up all the houses and, and jacking the mm. prices up because, you know, um, it's, you know, it, it's become apparent that um, eternal rentership is, is a form of serfdom. Oh, yes, of course. You, know, you are you are the new feudal tenant if you're if your only hope of living in your own place is to rent. Yeah. And as I say, it's it's pouring money into a sort of very, well, explicitly parasitic economy. Mm. And we found out that this during the pandemic, I think, particularly in the UK and the US, where regeneration of renters, the whole economy shuts down, people can't pay their rent, but the landlords are still asking for it. I think in some US states, luckily, people were given a sort of moratorium on rent for a few months. But um, as I hear, uh, when, when the, the money stopped coming in, that was a very frightening time. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and of course, re rent prices just are going to go up and up as well. There's there's no stability in price there. I mean, this is not just through BlackRock. Uh, of course, it, it's through just a wide variety of uh, government policies. It's uh, of course both Western world experiencing a massive influx of unsustainable immigration as well. Yeah, it's, uh, of course, doesn't take a rocket science to think about the more people on a not expanding part of portion of land is going to jack up the price. Um, so one of the editors, I think a couple of years ago, did a good article about this as well, of course. The concern is immigration, uh, restrictive planning laws as well. I mean, I do support the Green Belt, but I do think it, it can be. I mean, certainly in some areas, a bit restricted, particularly with a lot of brownfield sites as well. For some reason, that's incorporated into that policy. And divorce as well. And yeah. the, rise of, the, rise of, the rise of singlehood. I mean, I think that's all, another, another black pill graph, I think, of our generation, only 25% will ever get married. And that could lead to sort of a um, just eternal cohabitation, like you're in university, sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, and and, and, and and another thing too is the, is the disparity between our average earnings of our generation and house prices. Um, mm. Earnings have stagnated and even fallen if you if you if you account for inflation. Um, 
you know, well, it, it's it's not stagnated. It, it's gone down. I think about it. Everyone earning money last year was given basically a twenty five percent pay cut. Yeah, because you know, if if you get a two percent pay rise, but inflation goes up six percent, then your you know your 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 income is down because your your money can buy less stuff. Um, but yeah, by the time and you know, and I think the 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 great question is, you know, was this an accident, or you know, will we own nothing and be happy? Now, as I say, if the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab did not exist, I would probably think it was gross mismanagement. Because remember, this is twelve years of Tory rule, but um, it, it it must be by design because someone, as I say, look at the pandemic. Many people, the already the extreme wealthy, made an absolute killing off of it. An absolute killing. BlackRock is making a killing off of uh, the house prices, of ex ever expanding house prices. Uh, Bill Gates is making an, an absolute killing of buying off all the farmland because you know food prices are going up and even a shortage in some cases, as I say, many food distribution centers in America have mysteriously burned to the ground in recent times. Yeah, it's very odd. Very mysterious. And, uh, but yeah, as as I think as I think now, um, sort of in the real grip of the Kali Yuga, it, it, it must it must be by design because no one's coming to save us. No one's coming to fix the issue. Yeah, um, I think a general rule of thumb is if someone tells you who they are and what they're doing, believe them. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, there we have it. I think I, th I think we've uh, gone through enough black pills for today. Um, hopefully, when when Michael returns ne next week, we'll have some more cheery topics. But um. Uh, if you're listening, Michael, um, I'm, I'm sorry if we torpedoed the audience here with our uh, pessimism, but, um, you know... I'm not sorry. <laughs> you know, you, you, you can't fault him out a bit for being a, being a realist and just saying what he sees. Mm. Well, on that, uh, on that cheery note, <clears throat> I've been Asti Wicket, this has been Luke Perry. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Cheers.